Comedy LOL Podcast Network. I just started recording. Now I'm recording. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast. We're going to start this week's show like we do every week with a quote. And this one is by St. Augustine. Do you wish to rise? Begin by descending. You plan a tower that will pierce the clouds? Lay first the foundation of humility. I'm so excited about this quote because it's our first time, I think, using um, a a saint or someone that's kind of more Christian-based. And and I think it's so appropriate with the card we're talking about today, which is the tower. And it's so true because you have to lay a strong foundation for anything if you want to be able to build it up to something that's going to be like big and strong and important. And if you don't lay that foundation, obviously you're not going to do it. You know, it's like kind of um, I was a former athlete. It's not like it's like one of those things like you can't go because I was a swimmer. You can't go to a swim meet and expect to set a world record if you haven't set the foundation of like good technique and actually practice. It's like I'm just going to go on and do this and it's going to be fine. Not everyone's Michael Phelps. And I'm pretty sure he put in the time and effort. Oh, of course he did. They never whatever it is, if it's a if you see a movie star, a comedian, you know, an athlete, whatever, they never really will show you the work they have to put in behind it. I, you know, I've done comedy. I still do comedy. Um, I've done all kinds of things. And when people come in, I, I was doing it for about five years, but people come in that are new. And some of these kids are just like, how do I become famous? Like they want to do it a few times and they want to be this rock star mm-hmm. or they'll put on a show, you know, they'll get a bunch of friends together and they'll do, try to do like an hour of time, but then it's, they don't have the time because they never built that foundation. They didn't spend the years that it took to learn how to learn their craft and master it and make it, you know, a beautiful tower. So it's just this thing (laughs) that's out there that just falls over. I think what's also important to note is sometimes like the reverse can happen where you build this foundation and then you just kind of leave it and you never build it up higher. And I think that's like when people are squandering their talents, they have like this natural ability. They've practiced doing something and you tell them like, Hey, I think that you could really go far in here. And there's just like a laziness there as well sometimes yeah that happens it's really like the lack of motivation you know and that's kind of why that's what the tarot is all about really that's why I like to talk about it because it's all about how you can stay on track and keep your life focused and stay motivated you know and and to motivate yourself really and not have to work look for an external outside source and at the end of the day I think what's important is like any work work that you do on yourself um or work that you're doing for something to get better at something, it's going to be work. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. And it's like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Exactly. And so you have to know that even like working on yourself, it's going to be a process and it's going to be difficult at times. And it's, you're going to not want to do it. I think everyone has this sense of, um, of laziness of like, if I had to choose to do something or not do something, I'd always choose to not do something. But at the end of the day, like, well, if you want to be successful, you have to go that extra mile. Yeah, you really do. You have to be there, you know, (laughs) like they say, success or opportunity will come knocking, but you have to be ready when it does. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm ready to move on here. So we're still in, we're just starting off our sword series. Um, 
And we're now going to talk about the Two of Swords today and the Tower card. So I will give our description of the Two of Swords. I'm really excited to talk about this one because I feel like there's a lot going on. Um, okay, so yeah. the Two of Swords. You've got this light blue background, and you have a waxing crescent moon almost in the top left corner, or the left corner of the card, but for us it looks like in the top right. And in the center, you have a figure clad in like a gray gown sitting on this like gray stool. They're blindfolded and their arms are crossed. And in each hand, they're holding a sword and the swords are pointing upwards. Um, In the background, you see some water and these two little islands. And then the far background, you kind of see this landmass. And the, the stool itself is sitting on this like gray ground. Um, so if you want to see this card, you go always look at our Instagram at terrible two T A R O T B U L L and the number two um, to see exactly what we're talking about. This is the Rider Weight deck. So let's talk initial thoughts here. What did you think? Um, really quick before we do, I just wanted to make an announcement for those who are listening and don't know. We started another another channel, so you can actually go to terrible.com, T A R O T B U L L dot com, and or you could just search terrible through iTunes or wherever you get podcasts and it should come up but if it doesn't just go to terrible.com and click there i'm still gonna list them on comedy lol i'm gonna list them both places but just so everybody's aware go us yay okay go ahead go into the description no i did my description let's talk initial thoughts i mean that's what i meant initial thoughts yeah uh i I, initially i love this card this is something a card that came up for me early when i was just had started you know, like way back in March of 2019, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was doing a reading for a friend and she was considering a move and she had a couple choices that like two big choice or a big choice that she had to make. So this is for us, that's what this meant because she was holding two swords like, and she had two different decisions, you know, she could choose to use one or the other, mm-hmm. but there's so many other things that you can get from this. But initially that's really what I see. It looks like either a choice or the other interpretation that I had was that there's different powers that this person wields, but they're not really aware of it because they're blindfolded. So they don't see the true power of what they have. They don't realize they have this giant sword or two giant swords. Mm-hmm. See, for me looking at it, you know, my initial thoughts were like feeling like you're at a crossroad or something. Like this person has a decision to make, but they're unable to make it. Um yeah, because it's, mm-hmm. it it almost feels like it it's like weakened them and made them an, unable to like do anything else because the reality is both hands are full right so and they can't see anything and maybe they're yeah comfortable, they're blinded by it right maybe they're comfortable in that position and that's fine I think sometimes people put off making decisions or or um, coming to conclusions about something because they don't want to either answer that question or they know the answer and they don't want that to be the answer. Yeah, it's easier to just ignore it. And just I do kind that of, a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just ignore it and hope it goes away. And like, Maybe it'll go away. Stay in this like limbo state. And the reality is that's mm-hmm. not really fair to you. Well, I mean, it is not fair to you. It's um, And it's, I always, I've been saying a lot like YOLO. And if you think about that, if you believe mm-hmm. that you do only have one life, if you do believe that, like you're wasting your time kind of sitting in this space of indecision. Yeah, even if you have multiple lives, um, if you believe that that it, reincarnation and you're here to do it over and over again, then you should use that idea to make it better this time. So 
do take that action because maybe in the last life you didn't take that action and maybe that's why you're back here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so those are my initial thoughts here. Let's jump in and talk about the different parts of this card. The first thing I wanted to talk about, um, I think, is the moon, the the waxing crescent moon. Honestly, and I only think that that's the first thing I want to talk about because it's always what I gravitate towards. For whatever reason, if there's a moon in anything, I'm always like, huh, okay. Um, <laughs> and so for me, I said, because it's a waxing crescent moon, that would be right after the stage of the new moon, which would be like, total nothingness, right? Blank. A a waxing crescent moon, I had wrote down that it's the beginning of the lunar cycle. It's the beginning of something new. So it could be a new decision or a a new possibility. But again, this person isn't taking that opportunity. They're just kind of stuck. Yeah, you you can look at it that way. Another way you can look at it is also that this person has the power of the moon because the moon is behind them. So if you look at maybe the moon represents it. One thing that I've learned recently is the moon, especially if you're looking at your moon sign in astrology, it represents your shadow side, your shadow self. Mm-hmm. So it's the self that you keep hidden, but you know the best. So it's possible that maybe something has to do with that kind of decision. If you're looking at the moon, you know, right? it's something to do with their dark side, or maybe she's turning away from her dark side, or maybe she needs to turn around and face her dark side and not repress it and look at it you know, not be blind to it. And now piggybacking off of that, looking at it, perhaps it could also be for some people, you know, myself being one of them, obviously, um, the moon is kind of a, in a symbol of thoughts, feelings, intuition, and it's my guiding sign um, or it's my guiding planet. And so maybe it's one of those like trusting your gut. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the... Let's talk about the figure itself, the way it's sitting, what it's sitting on, what it's wearing, what it looks like. What did you well, think? Well, it like every figure we see, it's very androgynous. You're, yep. We're supposed to, I guess, assume it's a female, maybe because of the long hair, but you never know. Um, and I also like. Well, that's interesting. Every time I thought it was a, a male figure because I thought it looked. Oh, like, you thought it was a man? Yeah, I thought it looked kind of like a page, like a page boy haircut. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. I just thought, um, you know, because. Uh, uh, the I guess anyone back then would wear like a tunic or something like that, but it kind of looks like a dress mm-hmm. to me. But um, and then in other decks, I know I've seen it symbolized as a female. Okay. But I love that's what I like about this deck because they just leave it where you can't see. You know, you can't really tell. Everyone it, can identify. It, that's great because it adds to your interpretation because whatever you interpret it as, you could read that also. So, um, but the way the way this figure is seated, we always talk about how seated figures, especially when they're royal that it just shows they're comfortable with their power. But this, I think, is just showing comfortability as well with wielding of whatever it is, you know, the the swords, which represent, we always talk about how they represent, Mm -hmm. um, uh, like, thoughts and intellect. So this person is definitely comfortable with that. Yep. What did you get out of this? What were you thinking? Um, Again, just going back to the the color that they're wearing, it and the fact that they're blindfolded for me it just showed that indecision that you know combination white and black kind of melding there to be the the tunic or the dress that they're wearing and then the blindfold is like the inability to see one specific side but also with oh, their with their arms being crossed it it looks honestly very uncomfortable holding those swords like that but it also is like protective 
Now they are crossing their arms in front of their chest, in front of their heart. Mm-hmm. So this could also symbolize that, you know, you could take it if you want to take it in a negative way. Maybe we could say that this person is letting their thoughts uh, supersede their emotion or letting their thoughts get in the way of their emotion. Maybe they need to balance it a little better. Maybe they need to put these swords even instead of up or something like that. You know, that's one thing yep. you can get out of this. Yeah, and I think it's just so interesting that the way that they're holding those swords is up, right? Because that kind of gives you more insight, I think, into what the card means. Because if you did have these two potential swords that you were holding, why would you hold them that way? Again, I'm going Mm -hmm. back to that protection issue because it's almost like they could easily swing them. Mm -hmm. Which, being blindfolded, could be very dangerous. A little bit. Yep. Um, And then I just want to just look at their shoes or their socks or whatever. They're yellow. Um, or at least on my card, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that that was one of those, like, kind of that enlightenment or the the brightness or whatever. It's there, but it's just being clouded by this indecision. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's covered by the whole cloak. Yep. So maybe they even instinctually they know which way to go, but they're just confused. And what what about how this figures in front of all that water? Okay, so for the water and the islands, I said that's a combination of like earth, like earthly type of logical things and feelings. And so maybe those are your two decisions. One is kind of emotional and one is kind of logical. Um, and, and then tying it back into the moon. But I said that because there were those two islands, it was one of those, you can't go to both, right? One of them is potentially the one that you're going to pick. But then I was kind of thrown by the landmass in the back. Because I feel like that would be like the third option, but it's not. Well, maybe it could represent that along. So the journey this person has to go on, they have to go through all these emotions to get to each part of the land. So maybe this just represents the sea of emotions that they have to uh, navigate, I would say, to get to each landmass. And then in the background is maybe just once they are a little more stable, they have more land and they're on stable land and they could kind of navigate a little better. Do you know what I also could think of looking at this? And I think it's just possibly from because of like where we're from. You know, the only way you could possibly get to both is if by the tides, controlled by the moon. Oh, yeah. So if the tide goes out and it's low tide, all of this water could kind of recede and you could potentially walk from one island to the other. But what does that take? It takes time, right? You can't just do it right now because you can see that the tide has come in. Yeah, it's all about timing, actually. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah. The other thing I wrote down for that... um, Oh, no, I did just write down that, that there was the timing part of it with the tide. And again, I don't know. It's because like even out here, I don't normally see like little islands or like rock formations that you could walk out to in the um, low tide. But in Connecticut or in Long Island Sound, there is at least where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All the way in New England. A lot of places are like that. Even when I was in uh, Washington State, upstate, it was like that. There's parts where there's the rock and the tide pool. Okay, let's look at the swords themselves. What did you think? Well, the first thing that I notice immediately is that neither of the points are visible. Mm -hmm. So it just looks to me like it's forming an upside down triangle. Yes. So I love that for a few reasons. One of them is because if you flipped it upside down and it was a triangle, 
this person's head would be at the top of the triangle. Mm-hmm. And that's always the part that's missing from the pyramid. It's the missing capstone, which symbolizes the self-work, which is never done. So we're never, if you take the pyramid as yourself, as the temple, because the body is the temple, you're always working on it and it's never finished. So that's kind of something that jumped out at me right away when I was looking at this card this morning. I love that. I really do. Honestly, I was just going to say that the size of them seemed very aggressive, um, almost oversized in terms of the size of the figure. If you were thinking about if you were to use a sword, right, that would almost be uncomfortably large. Because if you were wearing yeah, it it's like, like a battle sword, really. It's like a knight's sword, you know, something you'd see in medieval battle. But yeah, it's huge. Right. And why would this figure need to have one of those, let alone two of them? And so for me, it just added to the gravity kind of of the situation. It just made yeah. it seem like it was that this decision maybe is weighing on this person as bigger than it actually is. Yeah. It also could mean that this person is keeping people too far away from them because the swords are so long. And you if they know, were to swing them, that, yeah. Up. Yep. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about for this card? Um, nothing I can think of right now. Cool. Let's go into, if this came up in a general reading, what would you say? If this came up in a general reading, what I would say is this represents a choice mm-hmm. that this person is thinking about or has, or they're conscious of. And the fact that, you know, what I was saying about these choices are they look like they're, they, at the time they could feel equal because she's blindfolded. So they're similarly heavy. They feel the same. But the fact that the moon is to this person's back and they're blindfolded just tells me that they refuse to look at elements of themselves to make this decision. So maybe they have to turn around and face their shadow side so they can integrate the darkness into this decision or whatever it is, you know, their shadow self, or maybe there's aspects of themselves they're trying to repress or just deny. So instead of doing that, you just are honest with yourself and then it should make the decision so much easier. I would imagine. When you say shadow self, what does that mean? Um, I mean, well, I was just reading about this in an astrology book I have, and they were saying the concept is similar to the self that you know the best, but you hide from other people. So you kind of have, you have your sun sign, which is, you know, we're both cancers. So that's the, that's the face we put onto the world, but our moon sign is our inner self. So, um, some people aren't fully in contact with that or they try to repress it or they try to hide it from other people because aspects of that, they don't think either it's socially acceptable or um, it's, it's basically it's because it's where you keep your secrets. So everything about yourself that is secretive, you just, or shadow, you know, like I said, you don't want other people to know you want to hide. That's where, where it, uh, where it comes from. So people that aren't comfortable with that, I think could easily be, I don't know, controlled mm-hmm. or you're coming from a place of fear. So you you fear. And I think a lot of that has to do in some cases, it could be from a low self-esteem. You know, you could be afraid that if you let your true self out and people see it, that they're not either going to want to be friends with you, that they're not going to like it. They're going to hate it, whatever it is. But what we don't realize, because most of us are so focused on ourselves, is everybody has this shadow or dark side. Everybody has parts of them that they're not so proud of or they have desires or whatever it is that they don't want everybody to know about. So once you realize that, if we could all kind of come together and realize this, 
I think we can get along so much better. We could have so much less stress. We wouldn't have to worry about it so much. So that's what I would tell the person. All right. So <laughs> just to digress off of that for a second. So what is your um, shadow sign? What you mean? What's my moon sign? Moon sign. Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny because I just did a reading with my friend and she is super into astrology and I'm really into tarot. So I did a card reading for her and then she also, she gave me all this information about my astrology and my signs and stuff. So my moon sign is Virgo. Okay. Do you know that most serial um, killers are Virgos? Well, that's, see, that's a good thing. It's my <laughs> moon sign. <then. laughs> But it's funny because one of the um, actually, I you know, I can read since you said that it's hilarious. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this from what I read in the book yesterday about people who have her Virgos but are also water signs as mm-hmm. their sun sign. If you, I was reading in the section where it said Virgo as your moon sign, and then it said if you if your sun sign is a water sign, Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces, Virgo moon lends greater dimension to your emotional nature. You are blessed with a rare combination of psychic truth and hard-headed realism. Whatever your sun sign, a moon sign in Virgo gives you keen mental powers, a strong vein of common sense, and an intelligent, thoughtful approach to life. And I think it's funny because they said you are blessed with a rare combination of psychic truth and hard-headed realism. And I, that sounds like a blessing. And I'm, let me tell you, I'm super glad that's how I am. And I wouldn't change it for the world. But it's not always a blessing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes you see... I see a lot of things that are going on because the way my brain works in the way that I process things logically, I look at it logically. And if it's not logical, then it just doesn't make sense to me. So when I see things going on in a person's life or in the world, and then the other part of me, the real is realistic part of me. It's, you know, I, I don't know. It's crazy. So I'm always, I just think people are crazy. I think everyone's nuts. I'm like, what is this person doing? So, um, but it helps me with the tarot mm-hmm. because you know, I use all those abilities so that it's crazy when I read that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's it's meant to be that way now, I guess. <laughs> oh, how interesting. All right. So, so I need to look up what mine is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll send you the link. All right. Cool. We can talk about that next week. Yes. Um, so for me, um, going into a general reading here, I'm just going to kind of take what you said, which I thought was super insightful. And I feel like it could be almost more of a, a pessimistic or a negative viewpoint that what I'm going to say, um, because I do think that obviously there's indecision here, but it reminded me of one of those people whose inability to express their own opinions because they're scared they're going to upset someone. And so they just yeah. leave these things out there and they just kind of float on like very vanilla um, because they don't want to take a stance either way because either they're insecure in voicing that opinion or they're scared they're going to upset someone or some like other people with whatever they, whichever side they're going to choose. And I said, it's also possibly then waiting for the best option to present itself. I think a lot of times those people um, wait for something to kind of seem like it's a sure thing. And then they're like, oh yeah, that's the side that I'm on. Um, But it was like, well, you never said that beforehand. Um, And I'm the exact opposite. I'll always like choose a side and it's like, nope, ride or die. I'm going to go down with this ship. <laughs> it's like based on nothing. It's like just like my own gut instinct. I'm like, I'm going to choose this. And they're like, that's the worst decision you could have made. I'm like, doesn't matter. That's the one I'm doing. Um, that's, actually, I could see you in the background of this card. You're swimming to the island. You only have one sword. <laughs> and you're like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm swimming. I don't care. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that would be my thoughts for a general reading. Um, and if I if it came up in somebody's in somebody's spread, I would just say like, you know, sometimes making a decision is hard. I think a lot of times it's hard, but not making a decision can also be harder because you're just letting things pass by and just really think about it. You know, sometimes that's making a chart or like a list of what, you know, the pros and cons of each side, or sometimes it's just saying, this is the thing I actually really want to do. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I, I always have problems making choices and I think it's because of the type of person I am and the personality. And like you said, you don't always want to upset people and, Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person I don't like to boss other people around or tell other people what to do. So when I'm working with other people or even in their life, I don't, I'm not the kind of person to take the approach to tell them this is what you need to, or what you should do. I'm just like, I just give advice or if somebody asks me how to do it, I'm like, all right, this is the easiest way. So I think that's kind of, for me, it's harder to make decisions because I don't really want to be the one to, um, for me, I don't know. It's tough because a lot of times it doesn't really matter to me certain things. Yep. I'm not very picky. So I'd rather have a person in that kind of vein. I'd rather have a person who's a little more or who's going to be affected more. They can make a decision or we could do whatever they want to do because I think that'll make them more happier. I derive my happiness from other places. And I'm not saying it's better or worse, but that's just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. So like when it comes to decisions, even when it comes to like eating food and stuff, it's so funny. I'm always like, I don't know, where do you want to go? <laughs> it's terrible. But see, like on the flip side of that, you know, um, I was just telling you earlier about like my new position at my job. And um, part of it could be that this new position is that I have to like create something based on someone else's idea. And for me, that's really hard because I like being the decision maker. It's like I can do whatever I want to do if it's my decision because then I'm 100% in. I'm all in. And if it's, I let somebody else make that decision, it's really hard for me to be invested in it. So that's why I don't really yeah. identify with this card because I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to choose one of these swords. Yeah, you're going to be back there swimming. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the, if this came up in a love reading, what would you say? If this came up in a love reading, I would say that maybe this person has a choice between two different interests. Maybe there's two different people in their life and they're not really sure. And what I would say, if that was the case, um, I would go back to, are you really happy with yourself? What are you looking, why, uh, you know, when you're looking for this relationship externally to be with this person and you're looking to the external world, what are you looking for? Are you looking to be completed because you're not happy and you think if you have another person that that, that's the thing you need to balance your life. Um, And I'm not saying that you should be super happy and content all by yourself, Mm -hmm. but you should at least learn to function as one whole person and, you know, get your emotions and your thoughts together to create action in the world harmoniously. And then if you could find another person, especially if somebody's aware of this and who's working on themselves, Mm-hmm. Think about think about that if you find another conscious being who's actually working on themselves to the same extent or even if they're just open to this idea, you know, I would say that's the person you have the best shot with because they're open to this because most people and it's not their fault. It's just really I mean, it is to a certain extent, but the society we live in, it's so much easier to just be, you know, quote unquote, the dead, like the walking dead. You see this TV show where there's like zombies or all these movies where they portray zombies everywhere. And to me, that's just an allegory for normal people running around, you know, just 
running off of all kind of basically reaction in their life. And, you know, they're just going from one thing to another, one pleasure sense to the next, going to work, doing this, and not really enjoying or understanding what this life is about. And Mm -hmm. that's fine. Like I said, that's okay. Everybody has their own path and everyone has their own way. But if you could find somebody that's not in that mode of thinking, if you're not in that mode of thinking, it's so much easier to find somebody else. And I think that's how you could build a true relationship because then together you can work on it. And then together you can realize that, hey, we both have flaws you know, so no one's and, perfect you know, and the I relationship isn't going to be perfect because there's no such thing. Yeah. Um, what I think is so interesting that you said was the idea of somebody who's also uh, or somebody who's just kind of wandering around like a zombie. I'm going to take that as a, a, a different way of interpreting it, because what I wrote down is someone um, if you're in a relationship, you could be the person that avoids conflicts that kind of always just gives in. Because you're scared oh, of that. either yeah. rocking the boat or you're scared of losing this person. And you, I mean, we all know those people who are like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's like, have an opinion for once. Can you have a backbone, please? I couldn't ever be with somebody like that. Um, I would need somebody that kind of would challenge me. That, But I think that those people sometimes are so, um, I hate to use the word desperate, but they're so fixated on maintaining this relationship and they can't see outside of that that maybe – not maintaining that relationship is the best choice. Yeah, yeah, letting it fall by the wayside. And if that, if what Ashley just said resonate resonates with anybody, if I could talk today, if it resonates with you, if you know somebody that's like that, I just um, was made aware of this book called No More Mister Nice Guy by Doctor Robert Glover, and I read some of it. I haven't finished it all, which I probably should, but I'm terrible when it comes to that. Terrible. <laughs> um, but what he talks about is how. A lot of men in the society, because the way that we are raised, and basically it's, it comes from when we're younger, and even, I guess, women too, but what happens is um, if we're not getting enough attention when we're younger, we learn to, or we start to hide our needs because we think if we're needy that we're going to get less attention, you know, because we're going to look like some kind of project, which is hilarious because the needy people are the ones who always get the most attention usually. Mm-hmm. I just thought about that, but so... Um, people will start to train themselves and that's how they become this quote unquote nice guy after all these years of doing it. And then when they grow up, they're doing the same things. And I'm guilty of this a lot. And I, you know, I had issues with my self-esteem like I, well, we, who doesn't in this society, of course, you know, I still do. I struggle with it a little bit, but I've, since I've recognized it and worked on it, it's been so much better because now I know. And sometimes I could just laugh at myself when I realize that's what I'm doing. But a lot of people aren't aware of this. So they mm-hmm. are afraid that if they express all their needs and they want to get their needs met, um, that they're going to push the other person away. So they just hide all their needs and they bury them down. And, you know, like we talked about a million times, repression, it never works. It doesn't work, you know. And then what happens is people end up making covert contracts, they get into relationships with other people. And a covert contract is when uh, you're with somebody because they're fulfilling a need of yours and you fulfill a need of theirs, but it's not an oral or written agreement. It's just something that starts to happen. And then when the other person doesn't live up to their side of that, it creates this divide in the relationship. But it's like, you know, an unspoken divide because it was never a spoken agreement. So the other person doesn't know. So I, and if this is resonating with people, I mean, I know it sounds like a lot of relationships or a few that I've been in and a a bunch that I've seen before. So I think this is very prevalent. So again, the name of the book is no more Mr. Nice guy by by Dr. Robert Glover. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, I said, if you're single, um, it would be 
the best I said, um, if you're single, you can't possibly, potentially you can't see a person right in front of you. Again, it's one oh, of those yeah, like you're just blindfolded. Exactly. And you're just like waiting for this apparently person to jump out at you and be like, I love you so much. And it's like, well, how is that going to happen? Um, so again, just kind of being aware of that. Let's move on to career readings here. What right, would you say? And you say? go first this time because okay. I actually went first for the love reading. Okay. Hey, did you notice that? <laughs> I did. Um, I said that um, if this came up in a career reading, if it was a specific type of job that you were looking at, I said it would be legal work um, because that kind of forces you sometimes to see both sides of a situation. Either, um, you know, you're obviously trying to sway an opinion one way or another. And um, I said it also is if, you know, you don't work in the law, um, it would be a um, a, cha- a possibility in your job of where you need to have any kind of cooperation with someone else or, again, not voicing your concerns or your thoughts or what you think that you should be doing because you don't want to rock the boat. I think sometimes people are scared, especially at jobs, to put themselves out there because they're like, well, what if my boss is like, no, I don't want you doing that. Is that what you want to work on? Maybe you shouldn't be working here anymore. Or I don't even know that maybe sounded a little aggressive, but maybe not. Um, and so it's just kind of going into it saying like, hey, I do have these ideas. I do want to do these things. Or maybe I've been a little too vocal with my ideas and I do need to take a step back and just kind of cooperate. That's very difficult for me to cooperate. Yeah. Is that, is that something you, or you're finding yourself having a little bit of problem with right now, you think? Yes. A hundred percent. Because I always want to do what I want to do. So. Well, then I would say if this card came up for you in a career reading in this situation, Ashley, I would say that, you know, it's, it's okay to feel that way. And maybe if you feel that way, you shouldn't feel bad about it. Maybe you are right and you should listen to yourself. And because maybe you probably do have better ideas than these people. And that's not to say that you shouldn't work with them and you shouldn't cooperate by the same token, you should. So what I think you should do is make peace and say, listen, I'm right here. I'm okay with it, but since we're working in a team environment, this is not a me thing. Let's just work with this person and see where their idea brings us. Maybe it'll be a pleasant surprise. Maybe it'll be better. It probably won't be. I'll probably be right like I always am, but let's just do it and see what happens. (laughs) And you know what? It's funny because I know that sounds silly, but that's something I've been doing because I feel like I'm one of these people who's like, I could see things coming a million miles away. And a lot of times I'm like, I told you, you know, but I stopped saying that. And now a lot of times, especially at work with the whole DJ because I'm a wedding DJ. I don't know if I talked about that a lot. It's one of the things I do to feed my belly. I DJ weddings, and it's so much fun. I love uh, doing that. But sometimes I'll work with another person. And, like, for example, say people are we're doing dance time, right? Everyone's dancing, and we're not sure what song to play next. I might, because of my experience, be like, no, this next, this other song, and I know these people, it's going to kill it. But the other person might be really set on another song. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's try this other song and see what happens. And a lot of times I'm pleasantly surprised, you know? So I get what you're saying. And then I think the easier, like it, yeah. And it made me, it made it easier for me to accept once I said to myself, it's okay to be right and still not do what is right or make that decision. Not, not to not do what's right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to still make another decision, even though you could be right because there, sometimes there's no such thing as one right answer. But I'm also just going to say that if you do have a strong, like, dominant personality and you do push your own ideas and other people are constantly caving to you, that's not your fault. That's theirs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
They got they got to work on that. That's okay. right. All right, let's move on from this car. You're right, Ashley. You're always right. You're right. You're right, Ashley. No, let's move on from this card and let's talk about our next card here, which is the tower. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, which just the- so people that don't know, I'm going to break the wall again because so we're recording this on uh thursday 9 12 so it was 9 11 yesterday so it's crazy that it's so close to us recording the tower on 9 11 you know wow i didn't even make that connection but how many of how many memes did i send you yesterday about it so anyway (laughs) uh, (laughs) okay so the tower card um it's a black background and in the center you have this gray tower has three windows there's flames coming out of the windows there is at the bottom of the card, at the base of the tower, it looks like this rocky kind of mountainous landscape. You have from the top right-hand side a like lightning bolt coming to the top of the tower. You've got smoke coming off the top of the tower. You've got this crown kind of it looks like falling off the top of the tower. And then you have these two figures, one on each side, coming. it looks like falling out of the tower onto the ground. And you've got these kind of other gray clouds hanging around and some flames hanging around too again just look at our instagram so you can see what the card looks like um what were your thoughts well not to be like you know i'm not trying to be funny or make fun of like tragedy and stuff but this does and when you look at this card if you were old enough to remember 9-11 and see it on tv or god forbid if you saw it live this is definitely going to like give you chills if you've never seen this card before because you have the people falling out of the tower you have the flames on the top of the tower and on the sides of it so to me it really just it reminds me of that it's one of the things it does and if you it's funny because if you think about what this card could represent it could represent you know we'll get into that but that is also kind of represented on what happened on 9-11 because Everything changed. I mean, I'm old enough. I was 25 when 9 11 happened because I'm an old man and I'm like 43 now. Uh, So I remember the mood of the country and how everything changed. And then afterwards, we haven't been the same as far as fear wise. So it seems like people are so much more in fear in this country. Not everybody, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm the kind of person who says, uh, I don't need anyone to protect me. Come and get me. I'll protect myself. You know what I'm saying? But it seems that there's a lot of fear, uh, and it kind of changed society since then. And I also wanted to say that um, uh, I kind of lost my other train of thought with that. But anyway, you what? So, how, what were your initial thoughts on this? What were you thinking? Do you know what's so It'll interesting is that is that you brought that up, but I wrote my notes for this. Last week when I was traveling to Santa Fe, I was writing them on the plane and then I was writing them when I was actually there just like hanging out um, in my hotel room. And so I didn't see that at all. You know, how crazy is that? Um, and so my initial thought. because you're I, not a patriot. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, you forgot, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> so my initial thoughts. Listen, everybody, we just make jokes. We make light of everything. I'll, listen, yes. if I die in a fucked up, funny, whatever way, please make fun of me. I want you to make fun of me. Like You know I that's, will. <laughs> we're going to roast me, everybody. If I have, when, if you're alive at my funeral, please roast me. <laughs> um, so I wrote down, I mean, I guess it's, you know, destruction, falling apart, disintegration of something in your life. Um, and it, I almost said, I said like punishment, which I obviously wouldn't tie into to 9-11, um, well, I guess some people maybe would, but it just looks like um, 
for me, it's like a, even though the, the lightning bolt is coming from the sky, it gives that kind of um, otherworldly or like spiritual, godly type of this is what's happening. They're giving that destruction. I said it's self-inflicted. Because if you didn't act that way, potentially that could not have happened. Yeah, that's true. And the other thing that I want to say about this card that it hits me, um, which I love, because if you think of the story of the Tower of Babel in the Bible, and basically what it was were people thought they were as great as God, like this is how the story goes, so they figured they would just build this giant tower to the sky so they could be as great as God. And then when they got to a certain point, God's, you know, blew up the tower and sent everybody away, running away, speaking in different languages. So there's so many, I mean, we should do a whole episode on what that means to me. Cause I don't even think that meant language. I think that everybody basically had around the same consciousness or everybody was aware of this stuff. And then something happened and now, you know, everyone's just ignorant of it and nobody realizes that we're all different. You know, and they just mm-hmm. try to butt heads all the time. But anyway, um, so I love how this tower, because if you think, if you look at it, look, it looks like it's on this mountain, right? So it's built on a mountain. It's a tall phallic, so it's going to look like one of these obelisks, obelisks probably, with a crown on top. Mm-hmm. And it was built by man. So for me, this symbolizes man's law or anything man thinks that they can create if they're just getting a little mm-hmm. too uh, cocky. You know, because they're so they climb the mountain. They're like, "Oh, big deal! I'm going to build this tower on this mountain. Then I'm going to put this crown on it because this is the ultimate thing." And then to me, this lightning bolt is natural law coming in to say, "No, no, listen, man's law. You might think you're cute, but this is natural law. You can't yeah. build this tower here because if you think about lightning's just part of nature, and if you have something that's too tall, that's what lightning's going to strike. So it's just a natural thing that's happened. It's not even like there's a consciousness." exactly like there's like a god on a cloud up there like zeus sending this lightning bolt it's just a consciousness of the entire universe saying listen you're not making sense of what you're doing reckoning day is here sorry you thought you were the kings and queens you're not nature is have a nice day and And to tie that into 9-11 um that's not what i feel about how 9-11 was but if you think of what it was it was a financial center of the world. So I don't know whoever plotted to plan it out, but if you think about how like these terrorists from the Middle East got in airplanes to fly them into the towers. Now, whether you believe there's more like it was an inside job, we can at least say that somebody talked these guys into flying into the tower, right? right. So whether there was like explosives in there too, or whatever you want to go crazy and get into maybe that. But if you just take that part of it, if you think of why they did that, maybe they're looking at the United States as this giant power. Maybe, you know, their parents were killed or somebody they know was killed by this giant power. So they're going to strike at the financial center of this giant power. So to them, that's what it symbolized. You know, they're they're kind of going they're like we're going to show them that they don't rule the world. You know, that it's like that same idea. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not picking sides here, right, you know. <laughs> I'm just telling you uh, a motif of what I think I see in this card and how it relates back to that. And that's what the other part I lost that I wanted to say. But what I think is also important to point out is when you said that lightning is a natural, naturally occurring force, right? Um, that's why when people build something that's this tall, right, or, or something big like that, if they think and they know what's going to attract that, they have to ground it. And clearly that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, not at all. And – 
I love that because you could say grounding it and even grounding it would just be acting with a little bit of humility. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. try to live in, in harmony instead let's, of Let's jump it. in here to yes, the different yes. parts of this. The first thing I want to talk about, let's talk about the black background. Did you even have okay. any thoughts on that? Um, what did you think about it? Because for me, well, I, the card I'm looking at is like black on the top corners, but then it starts to fade in like a dark blue. And then by the bottom, it, it gets more of a lighter, not light blue, but light, less of a dark blue. Ooh, like an ombre effect. Yeah, exactly. Well, on my card, it's totally black. And I gave that, uh, for me, that interpretation was like one of those like total darkness, inability to see what you're doing. And the only way it's going to be illuminated is by that force, the lightning force. So the only way we're able to see that is because of the lightning. Yeah. So these works were created in the dark mm-hmm. or they're living in the dark. And now you're right. Now it's and like they say that about evil, that evil has to, you know, when somebody's trying to screw people over, they have to do it veiled in the darkness when no one could see it. Because if their evil deeds come to the light, then people are going to freak out. And then when it's illuminated, know? maybe at that point, it's too late to change anything. Right. Clearly here it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once it's illuminated, it just becomes destroyed. So those are my thoughts on the black background, but you don't have a black background. So let's talk then about the two figures that are coming out of, or I'm guessing coming out of the tower, that are falling, plummeting, if you will, potentially to their death. I like how it looks like one's masculine, one's feminine, because I always think of the masculine and feminine energies. So for me, this just looks like somebody who is using their energy and their will in a in a way that was you know like we say evil but what does that really mean it just in a way that is not helping their people around them they're they're trying they were trying to control others around them you know they're trying to be a king and a queen i know that's like mm-hmm. everyone's like ooh the the princess and the king and the queen but no if you think about what that really is that's terrible we shouldn't be idolizing these people kings and queens just want absolute power you know an absolute rule over people they want to screw everyone else over so they could they can have the power. So I think it just shows somebody using those energies and qualities to do something negative. And then it's just, this is what's going to happen. This is showing you're going to fall if you try that. And I think there's sometimes such a cockiness associated with that power. And for me, having them shown as like head down, it's kind of like grounding them. Like you thought you were so great. Hold on one second. Not oh, too yeah. Much. Um, I didn't see the male-female aspect of it, but um, I just talked a little bit about, like, the colors that they're wearing, and both of them are wearing, like, this blue tunic, and for me, it's, like, one of those illusions in their own mind that they're this, like, all-knowing, all-powerful being, and I think sometimes when you get into your own head, you have those thoughts, and, like, then you're feeling like you're immortal. Right now, I'm reading a book about Catherine of Aragon, who is the first wife of Henry VIII. And it's one of those, um, it's a historical fiction book. So obviously it's not totally true, but I do know so much about that story. And you can see how the idea of being this absolute monarch corrupted him totally, both politically um, and like in relationships. He had this idea that he was all knowing he was this God. And it was like, you're not, you're a man with a bad leg. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you talk about like conspiracies and stuff, because I always like to talk about this stuff. If you there's the, those people exist in the world, but then there's other people who are, quote unquote, psychopaths or, you know, who have no empathy, but they're very smart and they use people like that. 
because mm-hmm. they know that there's people that want to rule and then they can use people like that. Um, Dr. I think it was uh, Edward House or Colonel House. Look into him. He was Woodrow Wilson's quote unquote right hand man. And it seems like he was the one who kind of pushed him into World War One or, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. very interesting. But it, that's I love that how because there's these people who are in power. And you could see it in TV shows. And it's funny because we can accept it as fiction. You know, we could watch Game of Thrones and see Joffrey and how he's crazy. And then the people behind the scenes, we could see that on TV and accept it and say, oh, yeah, that's real. But when it comes to like real life, we can't, you know, <laughs> we can't. Right, it's exactly. crazy to me. We don't we just don't. And that's another thing about the aspect of the last card about the moon, the shadow side. We, we, we're we're blindfolded and we're we're facing the opposite direction. That's how far away we are from looking at it the truth of our you know our shadow selves and a shadow collective self too okay let's talk about the i feel like we kind of already talked about the lightning here but let's talk about the the fire what do you think um for me it was just showing the um like fire is a natural force similar to the what we talked about with the lightning and I think we talked about this in a previous podcast about like volcanoes, but the same thing could be said about fires. Um, And especially like, you know, I live in a place where wildfires do happen, especially at this time of year. And it's one of those, like they can be very, very devastating, but it kind of clears away all of like that underbrush, all of like the dead other bullshit. So that new fresh green things can grow eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's like the alchemical process. It's the same way you have to go through the fire to burn off the impurities so then you could be a better person. So I, I think that's kind of what that symbolizes for me as well. And I love the lightning bolt. I'll bring a little bit. I just want to say again, it's like that natural law, that God's law, that karma. It's just the day of reckoning. It's coming here. And if you're not living in harmony with natural law, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I love that the tip of the lightning bolt is an arrow because it makes it look very purposeful. As opposed to sometimes where it's like, oh, it's totally random where lightning strikes. It's like, no, this was supposed to be here. It's an arrow and it's pointing right here. I love that you said that because I noticed it was an arrow and it always kind of bothered me. Not bo- I just didn't understand it, I guess. But now that you said that, it makes perfect sense. I love it. Um, okay. So, but I also let- like, though, I just want to say really quick how the lightning bolt isn't a straight line. It's up and down, up and down. And that's kind of the whole thing. You know how they say God works in mysterious ways? Mm-hmm. That's what that reminds me of. You never know where it's going to come from, or it's just this energy that can come from anywhere, and it's very um, unpredictable, but like you said, it knows what it's doing. So I want to now look at the base of the tower. So you said it looked like a mountain. I said it kind of looked like a cliffside. What were your thoughts there? For me, I think that this just is going to show how high it is, um, and because you have the cloud that's equal to this. So that's why it really shows me a mountain. So I'm thinking this is like the tallest mountain in the area. Mm-hmm. And that's where these people decided to build this giant tower because they want to be higher than everyone else because they want to rule everyone else. They don't want to be equal to their fellow man. They don't want to treat their neighbor as themselves. You know, they want to rule over their neighbor. They want their neighbor to pay taxes to them. They want their neighbors to be their slaves. So that's I- what this means. I said for me, it kind of gives the idea of it not having a smooth or strong foundation because it doesn't look like that. So it does look mountainous, but it also doesn't look like in order to build something there, you'd have to level off the top of it. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be the strongest place to build. 
Yeah, and also it's so big. Like, oh no, you're saying it's it's way too big to build on that if you want it to be strong. This mountain isn't gonna support all that weight. You know what I mean? Like it's just as much as the fucking mountain. And so to go into that a little bit more, like sometimes there's this inability, I think, for people to see like this isn't the best place to kind of, you know, sow your seeds if you wanna say something like that, or like build something or create something. But you don't see that because you're like, no, that's what I want to do. And then when it falls apart, you look at it and you're like, what happened? It's like, really? Yeah, what, what did you happened? think was going to happen? Oh, and oh, before, too, I was thinking when we were talking about the clothes, the person on the left that has that red cape, it's like, it kind of reminds me of somebody who thought they were Superman and thought they could fly. And now they're like, oh, shit. No, mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> here I come. Here comes the jagged edge. And not the 90s R&B <laughs> group. <laughs> All right. I have nothing else I wanted to say about this card. In terms of like the the way it looks, what about you? No, I'm good for now. Yeah. Okay, so let's go into if this came up in a general reading, what would you say? If this came up in a general reading, I would tell the person that it looks like it's time for some kind of change, and at first, it's probably going to seem something that's catastrophic, or or mm-hmm. something you're gonna you're gonna there's gonna be suffering you're not going to want to accept it at first but as soon as you do accept it and start or start to slowly accept it the suffering is going to ease and then you're going to see that overall this was a good thing that happened because just like everything else just like the red hot chili peppers say pleasure spiked with pain that motherfucker is always spiked with pain (laughs) so um it goes back to everything we say the yin and the yang you can't always have just good or light there has to be the darkness because you have to be able to gauge the light from the darkness. So um, it's just keep your head up. These might be some bad times or maybe some times are coming up ahead that it's not going to make sense to you, but afterwards it will. And I totally agree with you. I said something very similar, destruction. I said it could be a shocking revelation. So like you're finding something out that you're very surprised at and it seems like it's earth shattering. But I also wrote down a blessing in disguise because sometimes those things, I think, well, most of the time, I think those things are because it just helps you to get stronger or become more aware and build something that is going to be a little bit more sturdy and not so easily destroyed. So I think this fits in so well here with going into a love reading. So I'll go first here. Um, I have a friend and this card consistently comes up in relationship readings for him. Really? Yeah, it does. And the first time I ever did a reading, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to get people to quote unquote buy in to even having their first reading. A lot of people are either worried or scared or they're like, this is bullshit. Um, And so I just remember the first time I did a reading for him, I was like, just going to do a card of the day, just pull one. And this is the card that he pulled and he was going through something in a relationship. And looking at it, it's like, how do you not see exactly what this is trying to tell you about yeah, being you in a relationship? Yeah. I said, it's a toxic relationship that's filled with conflict. Cause that's exactly what I see here. Um, and so, you know, if you're saying like, well, I just kind of feel like that's what I wanted this reading to focus on or my card of the day, you pull that. It's like literally hitting you upside the head with like, yeah, there were 78 not- cards that you could have chose from. And this is the one that came, sir. Right. And, and it's one of those, like, if you look at it, going back to that strong foundation, I'm saying a toxic relationship filled with conflict, but on top of that, you don't have a strong base. There's not that strong foundation that you can go back to, to kind of overcome said conflicts. At the end of the day, this tower is still going to fall. And I said that if you're single, 
um, you know, because now he is. I said this is abandonment issues. So maybe that's why you can't go over this relationship, even though it's toxic, because you're so scared of being alone. All right, yeah. what did you think? Yeah. I would say in a relationship that if the person is in a relationship, just like you're saying, maybe this is... Or maybe if they just had a breakup and they came to me, I could tell them what I just talked about in the the general reading. You know, at first, this is what it's going to look like. You know, we know people (laughs) that are going through uh, stuff like this right now. Um, We both know people like that. And you could say to them, even if it's, uh, you know, for example, I'll say even if this is a really extreme example, but I know somebody that this just happened to. What if your spouse dies, you know, unexpectedly? This is how you could feel after that happens. You could say, oh my God, my whole world's turned upside down. I'm falling. I don't know what I have to do. Well, what you have to do is you have to keep living on life. What would that other person want you to do? That's what I think you should really focus on. So, and then if it is a, a breakup, you know, I, no good relationship. What did Louis C.K. say one time? He said, uh, no good marriage ever ended in a divorce. He's like, you know, he's, cause he's talked about he, how he got divorced and he's like, don't be sad. No good marriage ever ended in a divorce. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Let's go into a career reading here. This came up in a career reading. What would you say? Um, I would say that maybe, say I'm talking to a person who is a boss and they run people or they, they have people under them. I would talk to them and say, how are you, how do you treat the people that are under you? You know, are you treating them? Like you're this absolute monarch and you could just do whatever you want because you're their boss and they have to do what you say because that's not living in accordance with natural law. You sh- there should be no slaves or no masters. Even if you're someone's boss, you're there to do a job and you're there to get something done. It's just You're only their boss because maybe you've been there longer or you have more experience. You're not their boss because God said you're better than them and you could tell them what to do. Right. So maybe you need to look at that. And if not, this lightning bolt, it's got that arrow. And guess where that arrow is coming for you? But you just don't know when or where. So watch out. I said that if this came up in a career reading, I said, you have a job with lots of pressure. And some people think that every job has pressure. And maybe it does, you know, and some people deal with that better than others. But I said a job with lots of pressure or pressure that you perceive and feeling like nothing is going your way. Kind of everything, any project you're working on or any idea that you have, it's just immediately been shot down. And I also wrote down hostile work environment. Yeah, definitely. Um, And again, that's one of those, like, either you can fix it at the place that you're at, or you need to go and start something new, right? All right. Um, I think we're done with these two cards. I have nothing else to say about the tower, except that I just think it's so funny. Whenever I see this now, I always associate it with my friend because it consistently comes up for him. Um, Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the tower? No, I think we're good. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the same two cards, but in a different deck, so just a different uh visual interpretation of those two cards. Brandon normally gives the description here and we just kind of talk about our initial thoughts. All right, everybody, we're talking about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck and this is the Two of Swords. At the bottom it says Peace and it is two cross swords and these swords look very decorative. The handles are super decorative. You have to look at it. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to describe. Um, and then, so there are two crossing swords that cross exactly in the middle of the card and it looks like they're going right through a flower. And then on the outside of 
this flower. So if you're thinking about how the crosses, um, the, I'm sorry, the cross swords would cause four parts of the card, and each part of this card it looks something it looks kind of like a swastika with like extra parts. You just have to check it out. And then on the um, on the top of the card, there's a smaller sword sticking into a crescent moon that's facing upwards. And the card coloring starts from yellow at the top and then gradually goes down to a light green. And then, oh, I'm sorry, there's also a sword at the bottom. And it looks like it's sticking into another symbol that I don't remember. Do you know that symbol? It's the Libra symbol. There we go. Sticking into the Libra symbol. And so I'm just going to go off of that because the... Like you said, that the card says peace, and Libra is the scales, and it's all about balance. And it almost looks like two, for me, I, I'm going to go into this like elaborate story that I've made up looking at the card, but it's like two warring nations kind of cross swords here, and we're like, you got these like white little flags. That's what I see, like these like white little geometric figures, and it's like, okay, we're going to stop this. I'm not going to lie, I was really confused or like thrown by the fact that there's four swords on this card because again, I was doing these notes when I was on my trip and um, I was like, okay, well, I don't have this deck with me, so I'm just going to Google what the image looks like. And I was like, this can't be Ray. It's, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so why, why do you think that there's four here? I think it's showing, it's just showing two different types. So there's twos everywhere. You have two big small. You have two big swords, two small swords, mm-hmm. and then there are two different types of swords too. Mm-hmm. And they could also just be like, since they're smaller and they're where they're placed, they could also be more imagination or kind of not exactly like in the physical realm. And it just looked like if I was going to like a medieval place or something, the larger swords that are crossed into like an X would be the one you would wear like on your hip, and these almost look like a tiny dagger you would wear. Oh, yeah, leg. these are more like a, yeah, yeah, it's more like a knife or a dagger. Um, And so it was one of those, like, re- like removing all weapons or defense mechanisms. Dagger? I don't even know her. <laughs> and then if I'm looking at the handles here of the swords, you have two figures on each one, and they, they're both praying. One of them is, like, angelic, and the other one looks a little bit more, like, human-esque. But they're praying, and it looks like either up to the sky or down to the ground. And depending on how you hold the sword, well, it doesn't actually matter because either way, one of the figures would be, like, kind of praying to the heavens, and the other one would be, like, praying to the ground. Oh, yeah. They're, okay, so I like that because it really reminds me of, you see the cartoons, uh, like the old Bugs Bunny or whatever cartoons where an angel would pop up on one shoulder and then a devil would pop up on the other shoulder. Mm-hmm. So it just it represents that balance of as above, so below. You know, you have to worship both. You have to look at the negative aspects and the light aspects, just like we were saying, yin and yep. yang, baby. Um, And for me, just kind of the the transition from the yellow down to the green gives that illusion of uh, – a transition from maybe more of a spiritual or godly realm down to more of a physical earthly realm. Because when I think of green, I'm thinking about plants and that's going to be growing on the earth. Um, And then yellow is the idea of like the sun and the sky and the heavens. I like that. Yeah. What do you think about the swords going through that flower? 
I was not going to lie a little confused because for me, and this just me, obviously it's like my own interpretation, but like the color of the flower is blue and it kind of looks a little bit like a, like a lotus for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, since it's being pierced by the two swords, it was for me saying like getting to that peaceful place because you're kind of discounting and disregarding that emotional state maybe you were in before. So again, using the logic to kind of overcome the emotional distress or thoughts. And going back to what you're saying um, before with the whole warring nations, this could either represent a war uh, between nations or maybe a clash of ideas, but it looks like they were able to resolve it because where they're clashing, there's that lotus flower. And the lotus, as we said before, represents the plant that's come up through the mud, through the water to reach the Mm -hmm. sunlight to bloom. So whatever it was, they came to this understanding together. And it could even equal inside yourself. You know, maybe if you are at war, if your thoughts and your emotions aren't lining up, this could signal that, that once you do go through that process and you become the lotus flower, the, you know, your thoughts or whatever it is, extruding now up because the points of the sword are coming out from the flower you know so it looks like the point the point is like the business end so it went through this flower also so not only is the cross where the swords cross at the flower but then the points are coming up through the flower so it looks to me like that balance has been achieved and what i think is so interesting also to point out is that um the the swords are crossed right and it literally is very similar to the way the arms are crossed in the rider weight interpretation of the two of swords. Yeah. In like yep. that X. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like making those kinds of comparisons because even though it is a different interpretation, it obviously is a different deck. There is still similarities there. What do you make of these? Um, they look kind of like emanations from the flower. Maybe these, ge- uh, these patterns that are there. Yeah. I honestly didn't know what to think about those. I was very confused because it doesn't look like anything I've ever seen before. Oh, you know, I could see. All right. So it looks like there's a square hidden and there's a mm-hmm. cross hidden in there, too. So if you look at coming out of the lily, there's a cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if you look at where if you follow the X's of each sword out or the uh, where it first hits each line, that makes a sword too. So there, I'm sorry, it makes a square. So there's a square around the lily and then there's a cross coming out of it too. That's really interesting. I'm trying to see what else is in there. I bet there's a lot of different patterns. And do you there. know what, for me looking at it, it just looks perfectly balanced. Yeah. Um, you know, all the angles seem to kind of line up very nicely and all the shapes seem to be repeating. But again, yeah. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, what? What is this? I they could I, be I don't doves even, like, too. It could look like um, a dove symbolized geometrically, you know, with the wings and then the heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Well, hey everybody, what do you think? If you're listening to this and you're looking at this, we want to know what you think. Comment on our Instagram at t a r o t b u l l two. That's our Instagram. Comment under and what is this card? Or what do those shapes mean for you? Where do you see in those shapes? It's will definitely again, it's be like more insightful than test. either one of us. <laughs> What's that? I said he'll definitely be more insightful than I was. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what am I even talking about? Yeah, Jesus, get your life together. No, it's like it's like a Rorschach <laughs> test over here. All right, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Mm-mm. 
Okay, so let's move on to the next card in the Thoth deck. This is the Tower, card number 16. There's a lot going on in this card. At the top of the card, we have an eye. And to the right of it, there's a dove flying away. To the left of it, underneath, it looks like some kind of snake dragon figure with a circle, like a halo with rays emitting coming out of it. Underneath that, looks like there's a tower that is melting. And if you look very closely, it looks like there's people or beings or something kind of jumping from the top of the tower. And then under that, it looks like there's a mouth with teeth and there's flames protruding, protruding from it. And that's what's melting the tower. Okay, so I'm looking at it, and um, I, I just making comparison to the Rider Weight one. That destruction was coming from the sky, and I think what's important to note for this one is the destruction is coming from the bottom of the card, and so mm-hmm. it gives it more of a you know I think we o- often associate like the sky with heaven and like a good force, and then the ground with hell and a bad force, and this just looks like then punishment for me. Um, I mean, the other one did too, but this looks like a negative force. Like the fiery pits of hell have come up, and this devil figure where you see this huge mouth is kind of destroying this. Um, yeah, it's, it's like which, a beast. Right, and I'm not going to say that necessarily it's like it's bad. I'm going to say that, again, it's like this was not built with the best intentions, and that's why this negative force is coming to destroy it. And um, I said... The building for me, you know, the card is called the tower. It didn't look very tower-esque. The other one looked a lot larger. This just kind of looked like a house for me. Um, And what else did I say? Oh, that the dove. The dove with the plant. Um, It's like, you know, the story of uh, Noah and the ark, and he let the dove out, and the dove came back with the green plant, so he knew that, like, the waters would recede and that something was growing. It kind of gives that illusion of once this is done, there will be peace and new things will be able to grow. Um, the geometric figures, you said that they look like people. They do kind of look like people, but I love that the interpretation of them is not super humanoid. Um, it just breaks it down into basic shapes because it also can then just look like shadows. Yeah. And I also love how they could show how if somebody was to look at these as they were people, that people are made out of geometry. <laughs> exactly. Because there's nothing the really thing- else. I mean, there is geometry in the card, but nothing else is trying to look as perfect. You know, if you look at the triangles and some of these beings. So maybe that's also trying to tell them, too, that even though these beings built this tower that was melted or burned down, they're still perfect. They're still mm-hmm. perfect beings, and they just have to keep working on themselves and build the correct tower. You have to build the pyramid with the missing capstone. So then you could get the eye at the top of the pyramid, just like at your $1 bill. Yep. It's that it's just, this is the positive aspect and that's more of a control aspect, but we could talk about that another time. <laughs> money, everybody, one eye, one eye, money, <laughs> one, one, I don't know. Anyway. And I, I also said that, well, going to the eye, I said that this is like this eye, this all knowing kind of, force that's watching over everything and for me it was the balance of like the heaven and hell perspective so the eye is watching over it and like kind of okay that it's happening yeah yeah i like that it's it's that natural law karma Mm -hmm. god's law and it's yeah it's like the day of judgment and like you said the the dove looks like it's emanating from the rays of this eye 
So this is done overall in peace. You know, it's it's signaling the beginning, even though it looks like because every ending is a new beginning, right? So right. this tower being blown up, the the new beginning is that dove, that little piece of land that is out there somewhere. You just got to go find it and then build your new life. Build your new tower. Build your pyramid, though, not a tower. And then I just wanted to also point out that in some of the windows, you can see, like, bars. And, like, even in the, the doorway, it kind of looked like one of those medieval, like, door bar thing that would go up and down um, to, pe- to let, not let people out or in. Um, and then, for me, that was just very confining. So, like, even though you see these geometric potential human figures coming out of this, there could be still more trapped inside. Unable to break through. But the door is open, so that could also signal opening the door too late. Like, it's too late. You got to let it go. You know, Mm -hmm. we open the door to try to change this, but sometimes things can't be fixed. They can only be uh, ripped down. And I'm more talking about internally, you know, (laughs) because there's also a warning that comes with this. Um, Before you rip something down, you should have a some kind of plan in place, you know, like externally people want to, you know, start a revolution and overturn things and do all this stuff. But you got to know that before you do that, do you have a plan in place for what you're going to do after that? You know, (laughs) so sometimes you don't need to destroy the tower. Sometimes you could just move to a new one and let that one just crumble on its own. Yep. Well, those are my overall thoughts on this card. What about that dragon? It's the only thing we didn't really talk about. Yeah, I don't I honestly didn't know what to think about it because for me it does look it has the head of some like dragon like thing, but it looked more like I wouldn't even say a snake, I'd say like a worm. Yeah, which I would associate of... I guess with like decomposition, which I guess is what's happening here. We can always look at it as the earthly symbol also mm-hmm. because snakes are earthly symbol and dragons especially. But dragons also represent because it could just be a older rendering of a dragon and they represent the self-knowledge the person gains you know when you get everything together you're that dragon in the world so it could be that because it has the enlightening halo around it yes exactly and while this card is like very intense in terms of like the imagery i have to say like i feel like i always comment on like the coloring this one was very um intense in terms of its coloring just because it's very aggressive it's lots of red and not in like a love type of way like in a fiery kind of pit way yeah and even the yellows they it's crazy because they take these bright colors that you'd usually associate with like you said love or happiness but they take them and they just show the dark side of them the way the yellow is thrown in there Mm -hmm. with the black it's it's amazing the way the shadowing is done but yeah it's 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 a real another great balance between that light and darkness it reminds me of that scene in Gone with the Wind at the end where um, Atlanta's burning and that's all you see is like that fire and the yellow and red and black. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, what happens? Scarlet's like, no, nah, I'm going to do this. I got it. You know, that's to right. paraphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tower, it's perfect for this tower. It looks because that's what looks mm-hmm. like it's happening. It's gone with the wind. Yep. All right, everybody, it looks like this episode is gone with the wind. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Terrible Podcast. Remember, you can find us now at terrible.com, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L.com. It's a pun, guys. It's terrible. It's terrible. 
Do you know um, my also, sister just said to me that the other day when I saw her in Santa Fe, she's like, when you said it out loud, that's when I finally got it. I was like, oh. I was like, you're a doctor. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> See, doctors Sorry. don't know everything. Right. Um, <laughs> so you could also check us out on ComedyLOL.com. You could help us out by, if you if you buy, so this is something I have to talk about really quickly. If you shop on Amazon, you could help us out. It's really easy. Even if you have Amazon Prime, it doesn't matter if you're already a member or whatever. If you go to ComedyLOL.com and click on the Amazon banner and then buy whatever you're going to buy, they give us a portion of it because it looks like we sent you there. And it doesn't cost you any more. So whatever you want to buy, if you want to buy a tarot deck, I highly suggest getting the Thoth deck. And I got the jumbo cards so they're bigger because I have big hands and I'm old so I can't see as well. So it's really nice because they're bigger. Um, so I think it was like 25 or 30 bucks or something, or maybe not even, maybe $24. I don't know. But yeah, go to Amazon, go to comedylol.com, click on the Amazon link, and then search Alistair Crowley, or just put in Thoth deck, T-H-O-T-H deck tarot, and it'll come right up and then buy it. And you can feel better about yourself because you help us out. Uh, do you have anything you want to say? Yes. Next week we're talking the three of swords, which is just so heartbreaking. And the star, which we yeah. initially talked about as my card. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it's one of my cards too. So it's another thing that we have in common. We're both cancers and we both have the star card. And we both have awesome animals. All right, everybody. Thank you yes. <laughs> for listening to the Terrible Podcast. And until next week, stay terrible. Network.